0: noise department
1: i think this industry i think it really does bring out the best in people because anytime i'm a customer in a tap room or a bar whatever it's very very rare that you encounter anybody that's just kind of looking around like why am i here what am i doing this is like a colossal mistake and i'm not having any fun i mean that's just doesn't happen
0: This is Thirst Trap, a beverage industry podcast, and I'm your host, Tracy Bradley. So we are on location this week for Belgian Beer Week at the Silver Stamp in Las Vegas. They've devoted the whole week to um, different Belgian beers, and today we are trying a, a Chimay White, which is red blue green and I will go over exactly what is what as we taste so beer number one is the, is the red it's the Chimay premier Belgium double it's seven percent alcohol it's got that nice delicate especially on a hot summer day. Wow, so it's Belgium, I'm getting a lot of malty notes on there, it's just a really stand-up beer. You can't really go wrong with Chimay beers. All right, next is the white, and this is the Chimay Cinque Sense, which is a Belgian triple, and it's 8%. Again, that clean, that clean, Belgium, crispy nose, Okay, so this is a Belgian triple versus the red, which was a Belgian double. Got the triple here, and um, so it's got a little more malt, a little more hops. And kudos for the silver stamp for doing this in August because this is wonderful on a hot summer day. Um, Next, we have the blue which is the Chimay Grand Reserve. This is a 9%. And this is a Belgium Dark Strong Ale. Okay, so this is a lot heavier. This is not exactly ideal for a hot summer day. not going to lie, because it's a heavy, it's strong, it's bold, it's dark. However, that being said, this is not as strong and bold and dark as say a Guinness or a Stout or even a Porter for that matter. This is just a strong, dark Belgian feel. and that's okay. Almost similar to like a German Dunkel. But more. Okay? Is it Dunkel? A Dunkel's kind of up here. And this is a little down here. You know what I'm saying? Alright, that one is 9%. Then we have the fourth one, which is the Chimay. Belgian. I apologize. So this is the Chimay Saint Cincend. It's a Belgian strong golden versus the Belgian strong dark that we just had. And this one is all the way up to a ten percent. But it looks clean and lovely for a hot summer day. Okay. If used inappropriately, that one will cinch your eyebrows off, no joke. So I'm gonna say for, for the weather that we're having here in Las Vegas today, it's very humid. I, I was looking for something a little more crisp. I would go with the first and second choices. Out of the four, I like all four of them. But for this weather, definitely the red or the white not the blue and not the green. All stand-up choices, just not for the humidity that we're having right now. Catch my drift. So I'll just go back to the red and enjoy myself. Cheers. All right, everybody. Well, hello and welcome to Thirst Trap. Um, today's guest is our first male guest. See, I promised oh it wasn't just all about the ladies <laughs> so we've got tony wyman here and uh tony is is also a dear friend of the podcast people so uh, you know i covered belgian beer week from silver stamp yesterday and um tony is my beer connoisseur friend but tony <laughs> does not like belgian beers so. so so tony
1: i wouldn't say i would uh loathe them but you know
0: <laughs> you just said you, you just, uh, they're not your cup of tea. So, no. so w- what is it about it that isn't your cup of tea, Tony?
1: Well, hello, everybody. Um, so <laughs> first and foremost, uh, I would say that they are a little more of like forward on the yeast, forward on that earthly, Malt. grassy kind of thing. I'm always reminded of like a rainy day and you're like stuck in a like a barn when I smell them or taste oh, them. Yeah, they okay. have a very like dewy, damp. Uh, Distinct. Freshly cut hay smell and taste to them. I don't know. It's That's where my palate goes. I mean, but, you know, God bless us all for having different palates. And-
0: right. And so yesterday after my tasting, because I did a light, mm-hmm. and I just, <laughs> I found them to be maltier. And also, as far as, you know, you and I hanging out, you know, it's not a traditional... A four percent, like you know, a, Correct, a porch right. pounder. These are right. like significant. I mean, we had a ten percent yesterday. Oh,
1: really? Yes. okay That so, might be more uh, of an experimental, you know, side as far as my palate would go. I guess. Yeah. A really boozy Belgian beer. It was
0: a. <laughs> I mean, that one, if used inappropriately, it will singe your eyebrows up. <laughs> so it was the Belgian strong golden.
1: Okay, that so they the actually uh, designated as a strong on their menu, which of course they should yeah Uh, another thing that kind of sets them apart as far as my the dislike of them is the spiciness um i like spicy food i like spicy drinks but there's also certain spices when you think of the word spice you know most people's mind goes to oh that hot sauce oh that pepper oh that you know degree of heat blah 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 but no it's actually yeah it's more (laughs) of a spice like you would find in a typical kitchen just something like a subtle spice but at the same time that's why belgians me stand out is they're just they've got like a very like I said a little while ago just that earthy uh grainy but they also have that element of like a cooking spice.
0: You know, so what sets Belgians apart is is that mm-hmm. exactly that is exactly right. that. Because you know they don't even though they are sandwiched in the middle of France and Germany <laughs> right there.
1: The motherland the yes.
0: motherland um they don't follow the German purity laws at all right you know which is your four basics in beer mm-hmm. you know and they but they they've always gone a little outside of the boxes True. you know and yeah. added fruit and different different spices and different flavors to make it what they wanted so
1: yeah of all the regions of europe you know which of course so many of beers that we appreciate and love today are rooted there mm-hmm. as far back as you know centuries and centuries ago but what's fascinating to me is that you know you have certain regions that are just so associated with certain beers but at the same time you can have uh like a saison, for example or a a double that could be taken on characteristics of the soil and the earth that and there's everything like the water supply just everything that's in that region and then you could go you know 20 miles 30 miles i'm sorry kilometers um, another (laughs) direction and, and have uh the same style of beer but with just a totally different attitude behind it just because of the soil i mean exactly. where the sources of the uh, ingredients
0: you know and i mean german beers are completely different than belgian beers mm-hmm. and they're right next to each other that's right they're right
1: yeah i, I do appreciate this the, the strict uh adherence to some of these really really old you know like the founding fathers so to speak of, of beer in the region mm-hmm. where you know, germany of course best yeah. example comes right. to mind they just really really adhere to those laws and I admire that because, you know, that means that they respect their art and their craft. But at the same time, I wouldn't want to live there and only have their beer because I don't think that they're prone to so much experimentation like we are in the States. So, I don't know. It would still be a fun trip. Oh,
0: absolutely.
1: (laughs) I need to practice my stein lifting before I (laughs) head over there, actually.
0: Okay, so right now you are a beer tender.
1: Times two, yeah. 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 I occupy space at uh, two breweries here in town, tap rooms. So what are you doing? So I'm at Astronomy Works in Henderson here in Las Vegas. Uh, been there closing in on a year. My background in beer, of course, predates, you know, being a beer tender. But for the first time in my life, I'm actually behind the counter and actually get to recommend beers and, and talk beer with the customers, which I find to be never-endingly interesting. It, it never gets boring. It, it always remains fascinating because people just have so many any which way to branch off when they're talking about beer and there's in their tales, they've, you know, experiences they've had traveling the world. And that's kind of fascinating to me. getting to, you know, hear everyone's take or even like, Oh, I taste strawberry in this and no one else has said that except they do. Um, but yeah, astronomy uh, has been fantastic to me. I've been there. Like I said, about a year now.
0: And I still uh, haven't gone to visit you there.
1: Oh, well, sorry. so yeah, I am only there on Sundays, but uh, I also recently got hired at craft house Uh, which is here in town two locations the brewery tap room in henderson is the original it's about nine years old now um also location in the Arts district downtown right off of main street on a little road called california Mm -hmm. that's just strictly a tap room but it's very very lovely very well laid out and decorated and quite charming and quite fun and Mm -hmm. it's in a fun area so but yeah i'm very very blessed to have what i have as far as this field this career yes
0: you you uh you mastered something recently at the craft oh. house. Would you like to talk about that?
1: <laughs> yeah. So for all you people out there that have never had a slow pour, um, apparently this is not just reserved to pilsners, but the beer that I have recently been uh educated and, and taught to pour as a slow pour is a Czech pilsner, which is available at craft house, and it's uh pretty interesting. I mean, it's a, something that you don't just walk up and get your beer. You will not get the spear handed to you in a 10, 15, 20 second window. (laughs) It's something that starts off uh, as about a three quarters pour in a 12 ounce glass. And that kind of just sits there and settles for a little bit. You kind of leave it alone for about a minute and a half, maybe two minutes. You return to the uh, handle and then you give it a little tug, but you don't really hold it. uh, Keep it long. You basically throw on some foam to the top for about roughly five or six seconds of real time walk away again 45 seconds 50 seconds later you do it again by that point you have what looks like an ice cream cone in your hand if properly poured and it's a good amount of foam but that's kind of where the magic is with a beer like that you get a lot more uh your senses can definitely pick up the the difference you get a uh crisper tangier uh, feel on your tongue definitely more of a flavor effect mostly on the nose you definitely get more of an uh, aroma and array of um the the ingredients of the beer itself but you also just get that really cool looking glass i mean it's just a really really fun you almost feel like you're being treated to something you know top notch or top shelf like hey thanks for pouring this for me i didn't know you know you thought of me that well you know something like that like you feel like you're getting something really really special and it's kind of fun to drink all beers fun to drink but this particular is also, uh it turns out you can pretty much slow pour just about every style it's really just a matter of timing, angle, speed um, you don't want to open the you don't want to open the handle like full blown because you're just getting way too much pressure behind it, which is just gonna be a foam bomb it's uh it's a science, I guess a little bit there's an art that's why I appreciate the people that make beer so much they to me they're magicians It's amazing to start out with just these simple ordinary items and just turn it into just something that just gathers everyone together and makes everyone just so happy and breaks the ice and forms friendships i'm looking at one I right know. now you know i met you when you were uh pouring for wasatch actually at a lee's beer experience oh i want to say yeah. nine or ten maybe even longer years ago <laughs> so, yeah. yeah i didn't get to meet you that day but i met you mm-hmm. and the story like continued on i'm like oh that one lady that worked at the wasatch wasn't she fun yeah she was like the toast of the town everyone loved her blah 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 Aww. i didn't know that one day i would be friends with that person so that's kind of amazing yeah,
0: we're friends <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to tell talk to us about today or
1: uh beer good yeah, oh, beer. yeah we just like beer. styles of uh beer that you like
0: <laughs> okay for, well i know for, you like your for sours, me so. it's well i do i do i like i like a nice a nice tart fruity sour mm-hmm. that's that's my jam. I will mm-hmm. do that all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really love ciders. I love ciders, <laughs> but I, I mean, for me, it's it's all about weather. Mm-hmm. It's really really hot. I'm not ordering a Guinness.
1: It is so interesting when people when people <laughs> reference the weather and what styles they will drink and will not. I hear it all the time. It's it's fascinating to me. I just think it comes down to like you just associate stout with like the darkness and the. Like a thickness that's and you a, and you just instantly get like, winter. ooh, I'm a that's little a sweaty winter. under the collar. You yeah.
0: Know? That's a winter one for me. Um yeah, but then so you it's wouldn't about...
1: avoid a pale ale, would you, necessarily no, in winter? No.
0: Okay. I would not. <laughs> no. Um so summertime for me. Um, i give me a good lawn mowing beer any day of the week. I would even settle for a PBR.
1: Oh, okay. Would yes. you say PBR was like maybe your like gateway? Because I always associate that with college, you know. Okay, everyone, my,
0: gate, my gateway beer.
1: Yeah, like what got you out of you know the, the corporate stuff into the even though it's technically, corporate everyone has this. Okay, well, love I, affair okay, with Okay, so my grandpa college drank. Years, my
0: grandpa drank PBR.
1: Hmm.
0: My grandpa Ernie.
1: Grandpa Ernie and his grandpa PBR. Ernie and
0: his PBR, <laughs> and then he graduated to um, MGD. Oh. oh
1: he, okay. he got
0: he got very fancy in the eighties. He was MGD. <laughs> Um, in high school, there was a lot of Schaefer involved. Oh
1: god, I haven't heard that name in a long time.
0: <laughs> my first microbrew, I guess, that they used to call it, um, was in the nineties, uh, visiting my in-laws in Eugene, Oregon. Hi Loretta. Hi, Brent.
1: Good area for beer um, for sure. At least now. Uh,
0: Pyramid Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm. Oh, was yeah. my was my very first. <laughs> and that was it for me. I oh. was I was sold. I said, what is this flavor? They put. Right. I think they put an orange in it.
1: Mm-hmm. Was yeah, it, it an orange? Yeah, it wasn't
0: a lemon. It was. It was a lemon, lemon or an orange. Off. Some some citrus. Right. And um, yeah, and it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. And that's... that was it for me. After that, good beer. I only want good beer. No, that's, I don't want pours. So I don't it's... want any of this. And you know, and then you know, came back here from vacation, hanging out with friends, and then we got into. You know, like Killian's Irish Red and, (laughs) you know, just these really fun, fun Uh beers. And, but yep, I was, I was a beer snob from there on out. uh, I think that was 1993. You shed your skin in 1993.
1: Okay. Yeah. I'm not that far behind you. Mine was about 90. Mine would have been about 96, 96. And there was Sam Adams Boston Lager. Uh And what amazed me and still does is how people... You'll watch people come in and out of like a 7-Eleven or just a Circle K, whatever. And it's always, you know, a big pack of, you know, buttercours under their arm or, you know, it's it's <laughs> yeah. Corona or, you know, something that you just can find anywhere, even the smallest of smallest of bars. And what kind of amazed me back then was, was like, how come I never seen anybody walking out with that Sam Adams, whatever that is, or that Sierra Nevada Paleo, like whatever that is, you know, not really wanting to learn and experiment back then but once i got a hold of a sam adams boston Logger, that was when my eyes opened and then i remember like checking out their website or whatever it was and um seeing the, like all their available styles and a lot of them i'd never even heard of i didn't even know what a bach was back then they're like oh we have a triple bach i'm like what the heck's a triple bock? you know like so like from there you want to like research learn you know be just beer ignorant and then still appreciate what you're drinking and enjoy your drinking and have no knowledge of it.
0: You wanted the knowledge.
1: I did. And that's where it all started. And I've always been invested everywhere I go. I don't want to just sit down and drink beer. I want to like get a little more backstory to the, even the people behind it. And thank God, because I've met incredible, incredible people here in Vegas that I consider very long standing friends. And they're all owners and managers and brewers and beer tenders. And yeah, they're incredible people. I'm not just saying that because I now am one, but, but for all those years, that's where, you know, I'm like, I knew it was going to culminate in me eventually, like, leaving the casino business and getting into this.
0: If anyone is fortunate enough to get to do something that they love as a career. Right. Please do it.
1: Totally. I
0: highly recommend. I
1: should have done it a long Five time out of ago. five stars. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's so true. Especially as you start getting <clears throat> a little older. <clears throat> so. It's something that I should have done a long time ago. I should. I, I feel like I probably had the means to, and just didn't really know I did. And I stayed in a job where, and this one over here, the husband can attest, it was like I'd come home and I would just kind of like stare off into space and just like I need to change my life. You know, it was it was getting a little too uh, common and often that I was thinking. That.
0: You had to decompress. You know, get out of that yeah headspace that you had I- at work and
1: sorry. right. Yeah, yeah, it was it was something that you just carried with you when mm-hmm. you got home. Get up in the middle of the night. You can't do that. And it's just right there. Life's it's too like, short. Yeah, yeah. I really should have done it a long time ago. <laughs> but like I said, I'm very fortunate. So yeah. have what I have now for sure. I love it.
0: I'm so glad. <laughs> Seeing, I can, I can say that I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, a hundred percent. You know, I'm finally at a point in my life where I love what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and I'm just adding to it by mm-hmm. doing this podcast. Right. And
1: your intro, you touched on that on the, the couple episodes that you already uh, mm-hmm. recorded of how far reaching your your resume is mm-hmm. like you haven't just been a sales rep. You've really right. dabbled in so much. I think that's fascinating because that really gives you that opens you up to everything from water all the way up to the most rare, expensive whiskey yeah, and absolutely. everything in between. Yep.
0: I have knowledge of all of that now. I mean, I started in grocery and then. Energy drinks, <laughs> Red Bull. Red Bull was my life for a very long time.
1: Did it give you wings? That that job or
0: uh, no?
1: God, forgive me, everybody. <laughs> I
0: can't say that it did. <laughs> However, it did give me experience, mm-hmm. and it gave me the knowledge of sales. It gave me sales experience mm-hmm. and knowledge, and uh, friends that I'm still friends with today that I right. that I've met in Red Bull.
1: Yeah. I think this industry, not to sound too cheesy, but I think it really does bring out the best in people because anytime I'm a customer in a tap room or a bar, whatever, it's very, very rare that you encounter anybody that's just kind of looking around like, why am I here? What am I doing? This is like a colossal mistake and I'm not having any fun. I mean, that just doesn't happen, you know. But especially when you go in a tap room and you're surrounded by people that are like, Visiting from out of town, and they want to usually start out with a flight because they want to experience, you know, four things at once, five things at once, which you know, sensory overload. Go for it! You're on vacation, you're traveling. Wouldn't you say though that that's true? Though it's like when you when you find yourself surrounded by just people, just out for that reason. I mean, they're really like maybe it's a wine bar, maybe it's you know a tequila bar, whatever it could be. It's it's you don't really encounter anything but just people opening up their minds to new things, and along with that comes. The best in people you actually can talk to people that you would normally just you know walk past on the street you don't have a reason right. to stop and talk but yeah i find it to be such a fascinating field because it's not just an amazing beverage beer what i'm specifically referring to but it really does open up uh you know people's people's inhibitions and, and sh- i don't mean the liquid courage thing i'm not talking
0: no about, no talking, no
1: you're know, like oh where are you from and then i, th-
0: I think i think we're way past the liquid phases in our lives
1: we definitely are
0: i I mean i know i am for sure but i i but then again i've never needed that Mm -hmm. i've never had a problem talking to people or getting up enough nerve Mm -hmm. i i'm full of nerve
1: you've you've a lot of nerve
0: (laughs) a lot of nerve
1: (laughs) tracy you've got a lot of nerve
0: she's got a lot of nerve (laughs) all right well thank you for stopping by today Tom. absolutely
1: it was lovely yeah. I had a ball.
0: I'm Tracy Bradley, and that's the Thirst Trap Podcast, produced and edited by Gonzo Greg Spillane for Noise Department. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jose Torres. Please like and subscribe wherever you enjoy your podcasts and share with your friends and associates in the beverage industry or anybody who drinks things. You can always visit and contact me at thirsttrappodcast.com and you can find links to all the socials there as well. Till next time, cheers!